my friends, the great experiment. How dare you? Hit it. Trink, trink. Would you look at that? The greatest trink, trink. Your people, you're all astronauts on some kind of star trink. Welcome to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. We got some newness today. Might be old for some folks, but it's new to us. Yeah. These these very short Treks episodes came out while we were working on our uh, hit Star Trek podcast about new Star Trek, Greatest Trek. That's this very show. Ten episodes on Lower Decks is what we did. We weren't going to break in the middle <laughs> and do episodes about the very short trek. Come on. Come on. We would never. No. That's too much of a format break. Not going to do it. I was aware that these had come out. I saw people talking about them a little bit on interweb platforms and I was excited about them. And then when I went to Paramount Plus to watch them, I was like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> I did not I did know. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I assumed... Paramount Plus would be involved, and maybe they were, but these are hosted on YouTube. Yeah, I am surprised that, I mean, they're. I guess they're kind of, the way they present themselves is like almost as marketing, like, hey, you should watch these other things on Paramount Plus, and that's the end I'd love card. to know the reason for this, though, because the animated series is on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Short Treks is on Paramount Plus. This is an homage to the animated series and its short treks. And does your mid-tier streaming network have too much content? Would adding five things to it be, you know, the thing that overloads the system? <laughs> look, we don't have a lot of views on our very own YouTube channel. But, like, you look at the views on, on these very short treks... I was shocked at how few there were. I think it's got to be part of the problem is no one knows where these are. The one thing that they screwed up was not having Adam Ragusea as a guest on one of these. Yeah, you got to do that. Got to do that. That's where you get your numbers from. (laughs) One thing that really got me excited when I was looking into uh, the how, the why, and the who of these very short treks was Casper Kelly. Mm. The Casper Kelly name means something to me, and that's because of Too Many Cooks. Yeah. Isn't it crazy to think that almost 10 years ago, Too Many Cooks came out? (laughs) If you told me that Too Many Cooks came out two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. That was only two years ago. Yeah, I do remember two years ago when Too Many Cooks came out. (laughs) Did you like Too Many Cooks? I did like Too Many Cooks. Yeah, wow. October 28th, 2014. Yeah. Bonkers. What is time? What mean time? (laughs) That's nuts. That was the day before I turned 31. Now I'm 40. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. In addition to these five very short tricks, there was like a little, like very short, (laughs) they should have called it very short documentary, but it was like an interview with Casper Kelly. And there wasn't a lot to it, but like he's an enthusiastic creator an appreciator of Star Trek stuff. They just sort of threw him the keys on this. He loved the animated series. He's like, I'm going to make fun shit for five short episodes. And that's really all the story was. 
That's great. What what more of a story does there need to be? <laughs> there doesn't need to be any more story. 50th anniversary of the animated series. That's the whole reason for this. I think it's a pretty exciting opportunity to send up some of our favorite Star Treks in the style of. You know what I mean? I think that there are a lot of valid criticisms and complaints out there about the way Star Trek is being run these days. But one thing I really appreciate about the Star Trek industrial complex of today is that they will go spend some money on a weird idea from time yeah. to time. Like yeah. making a Tribbles breakfast cereal commercial is you know, $50,000 that they didn't need to spend. Making very short treks, the animated series is probably, you know, minimum half a million dollars that they didn't need to spend, but they did because it's a really fun idea. And I'm so glad that these exist. I'm, I'm glad they're out there. If you're a Star Trek fan, think of where you were 10 years ago before any new Star Trek was even a, a glimmer in anyone's eye. The closest thing you could get to new Star Trek was too many cooks. That's what I'm saying. And now we've got interesting creators with a with a fresh new spin on it. I think it's exciting. I would I would really like more of this. Is what I'm saying. I would too. I uh, I hope that you know whatever small impact we have gets people to go over and uh, add to the view count on these because uh, they're a ton of fun and. Uh, I think we should get into it. We're, we're, we're going to just do a couple of episodes today. We're going to do the first two on this episode, and uh, let's see how it goes. And in doing that, let's start with the very first Star Trek, very short treks, Ben. It's episode one. It's called Skin a Cat, <laughs> directed by Aaron Hawkins and written by Casper Kelly. You know the greatest danger facing us is an irrational fear of the unknown. I should report this to HR. I love a new take on the Star Trek logo, and this looked really great to me. Like, I feel like they might have, in fact, done, I'm sure it was done in a computer, but like actual redraws of every frame of the ship in a mm -hmm. cell animation style, which is really cool because it's, it's a hard look to get any other way. And this little sequence just tickled me pink to watch. This is what I was hoping for in that, tiny documentary like it's cool to hear from casper kelly but i'd love to see you know actual behind the scenes footage yeah of how these decisions got made and so forth yeah it would like seeing a guy with like a drafting table with a circular hole of you know translucent <laughs> plexiglass stuck in it for some reason it's happening at disney drawing with a pencil that would have been great <laughs> doesn't the warble do so much work here that audio warble I love that. It was funny. I started to watch this on the YouTube app on my phone because I was like, I was trying to do the thing where you like screencast the the thing from your phone to your TV. Mm -hmm. And I had it in headphones at first, but then when it came up on my TV was when I noticed the warble and I was like, is there something wrong with the speakers on my TV? Yeah. No. They did that on purpose. Yeah, the way it should be. <laughs> It is the animated series version of the original series Enterprise here, and it features Spock on the bridge crew, but this is not Captain Kirk. No, it's, <laughs> it's not Captain Pike either, right? It's, it's, it's like Captain Pete Holmes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, this captain doesn't get a name. 
but it is Pete Holmes to you and me. And I just love this performance. <laughs> like Pete Holmes is not trying to be a captain in Starfleet. Pete Holmes is wearing a Starfleet costume while still being Pete Holmes on the bridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> That's what I love about this performance. Yeah, yeah. The uh, first thing he says, you know, they're they're surrounded by a bunch of D7s. They're getting bangers dropped on them left and right. Captain Pete Holmes has a way to get out of here and uh, suggests that there's more than one way to skin a cat. And the object of Adam's affections in the animated series turns around and takes great umbrage at this remark. What? Oh, I, I'm so sorry, Mress. Oh, boy. Mress. Mm, Mress, <laughs> mm, indeed. She's a handsome lady. <laughs> ben, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Is Mress related to the lady in Paradise City suggesting that she, in fact, does have three boobs? Because you see her take off her bra... In the very last episode, that's a two-cup bra. That's a two-cup bra. Is that just because the replicator doesn't have a pattern for Emress's three-boobed chest? See, this has been the problem with Brazier's for time immemerium, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Women being uncomfortable with their off-the-rack solution. Right, right. Because once they put it on the rack, that's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's a rack coming into play either way, and that's just unfair. Emress takes great umbrage with this turn of phrase. How would you like it if I say there is more than one way to disembowel a human? What unfolds here is the bridge crew making clear that every single one of them has made taking offense a personality. (laughs) And the interplay between a very apologetic Pete Holmes and these offended crew people is great because the tension just ratchets up and up and up and up into the most absurd. Like, you would not expect an alien race to be a butthead, literally. (laughs) Or the head of a screw, actually. I believe ass face is what their race is called, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the game of this is that all of the, you know, idiomatic earth phrases that Captain Pete Holmes is reaching for to give his avuncular take on the issue uh, wind up being wildly insensitive to these alien species. And it starts with Emress, the cat lady, and uh, goes to an Antedon, you know, and gets more and more absurd uh, as it goes. Great to see a animated series style drawing of an Antedon. Great to see. Yeah, that's what I really loved. Like an animated series style drawing of you know, an underpants head lady. We Nickasonians are a proud species who serve the Federation with honor. There's a really fun moment toward the end where Captain Pete Holmes starts to recognize this magic that he has, (laughs) which is like, by saying the idiom, he conjures the thing. And so at the end, he's like, well, what I'm going to do is conjure myself the solution to this problem that I'm in. Right. And so he starts speaking of the right type of person to help. Not only the mission, but him personally, in very specific ways. Also, she likes the board game Risk, and she lets me have Australia. This was the first one of these that I watched, and I sort of groaned at the beginning of this, because I was like, this is like basically a vaudeville joke that this guy Uh is doing. It is a very old joke construction, but I think that the genius of it is, it's almost 
like a dead air joke how long the specificity of his description goes on. <laughs> yeah, it's that SNL quality or or like modern comedy quality of like that peak valley peak right. way of doing it. Like the longer it goes, it gets less funny before getting more funny again. Yeah, and this one, like it almost like started in the valley before mm-hmm. it peaked. But I thought it was very funny. I thought that Captain Pete Holmes is ideal woman that appears uh, was, you know, a perfect visualization of what he's describing. Yeah. And also total dime. Um, I also wanted to call out uh, Christina Milzia. It looks like her name is the uh, woman who did the voices of the Nickersonian, the dream woman and Emress because I feel like she is doing a really good job of sounding like Nichelle Nichols playing three distinct characters, which Nichelle Nichols was often asked to do as like the only female voice actor on the animated series. Yeah. It sounds like Nichelle Nichols doing MRES, like in real animated series episodes. Open a hailing frequency, Lieutenant Ress. Hailing frequency open, sir. And Nichelle Nichols throwing her voice in a different direction for these other characters. Yeah, you really need to make sure you get the voice casting right for stuff like this. And and that was a really great bit of casting right there. Yeah. This episode ends with a cut to credits for comedy. And this is a quality to every single one of these very short treks. The, the editing for comedy that can just do so, so much. It's uh it's a ton of fun. I wonder like like yeah, like I want to see the longer documentary about making these, like getting in the yeah. voice cast, like how many people they had to consider for something like that because it seems impossible to find a voice actor that's that good in that specific way. Yeah, I think so too. And there's a lot of like uh Ethan Peck is in many of these episodes and I just appreciate how game he was for something weird. <laughs> I know. The way that he clearly was. Captain, might I suggest avoiding figures of speech? I mean, that's saying nothing about about Pete Holmes, who is busy with a ton of other projects as a podcaster and, and touring comic. The guy's great, and he did great work here. Yeah. Well, uh, this episode was uh, a great way to to start off and uh, RSVP the entrepreneur real sad to see it go at the end of this yeah I had no idea that it had been destroyed and rebuilt <laughs> sad that uh, we never hear the dream girl's answer to the marriage proposal I know I you know. gotta believe that she's into it though I mean like this is something that uh, we should discuss like these are specifically pitched as non-canon Star Trek stories. And I love that uh, that they're willing to take risks like that too. But, uh, you know, I I want the Pete Holmes and Star Trek Dream Girl series now, you know? Like, take that one to series. Like, put him on, as captain of another ship. Like, yeah, I did a little stint on The Entrepreneur when, you know, Pike was sick for a month. But uh, now, now I'm captaining my own ship with my new wife by my side. I mean, this is something that Star Trek has been interested in more recently than ever before. The idea of like a long-term committed relationship on a ship yeah, in a plausible way. So that doesn't strike me as a barrier to storytelling there. Exactly. And like take ass face and screw head with you, you know, like take it to series. 
<laughs> I want a live action version of this. Loki, one of the funniest parts of this episode was the incredulity that Captain Pete Holmes had with ass face and screw heads station being on the ship <laughs> when their specialty is like water filtration or something. Yeah, yeah. That's an important job. I love it. Yeah. That was great. Good stuff. Did you like this very short Treks episode, Ben? Yeah, I think this was a great one to start out with and uh, a great way to get a taste for what the kind of jokes of this series were going to be. It's fun. There's a bunch of different writers and uh, they all have different flavors, but I think this one really set the table well for what this was going to be. And uh, I thought it did a great job of of introducing it. And I thought the bit was funny. (laughs) Like... It is an SNL sketch. It's like, here's the game. We're going to heighten, heighten, heighten. Yeah. Throw a button on it if you're fucking lucky. And the sketch worked. So, you know, what more can I say than that? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What worked for me was the strength of the Pete Holmes delivery. I I am a regular listener to You Made It Weird. I like his stand-up. I was delighted that he was in this. It also didn't surprise me because I know Pete Holmes is a Star Trek fan. He, to me, famously did a really funny bit with Moshe Kasher about Captain Picard on his podcast. And that is something that I return to for a laugh a bunch. He's obviously a real fan and obviously a very funny person, and I thought that was just a great fit for what this episode ended up being. What didn't work for me? I've never played Risk. Mm. I didn't get that part. (laughs) Because maybe I don't need to rule the whole world. Maybe I'm just happy with Australia, and I don't see what's wrong with that. You're allowed to do peace treaties. The game allows it. I got it through context, Uh so it was funny to me, but... Not a riskman. Are you a risk man? Tin man. I played it when I was a kid. Yeah? I was bad at risk. I think risk is a hard game for a kid. Yeah. But uh I played Axis and Allies as a kid. Is that the same as Risk in its own way? Did you ever play that game? I had friends that had Axis and Allies, but I never I don't think I ever actually played it. You wanna know something insane? Is during the pandemic, I got my wife to play Axis and Allies with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That is marriage on hard mode, my friend. That is quite an achievement, and I salute you for it. Yeah. Yeah, you just try to get to the end of a game of Axis and Allies with your special person. (laughs) Very difficult. I wonder if uh, Stuart Wellington from the Flophouse tried to get his wife to play Warhammer with him during the pandemic. I think he's smart enough not to have tried. Yeah. (laughs) We need to score a lot of black fast. Licensed businessmen. Top of the morning to ya. This episode is brought to you by the St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers Manscaped. This year, don't just chase rainbows. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in below-the-kilt care. I didn't make that up. That's actual copy sent to us by the great folks over at Manscaped who make the shaver that I use downstairs on my little leprechaun and uh, I recommend it. Uh, it works great. Uh, trimming the hedges in your Irish garden isn't just for below the belt. You can complete your look with 
their new signature Beard Hedger Pro Kit, plus Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Everything they make is really good and high quality, and this new trimmer that they have comes with two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blades. They've got one for a classic trim and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and get free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your little hairy leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped. I spent a lot of last week sick in bed. And one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was Factor Meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times and they are delicious, fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals. And they're ready to go in just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap. And they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use code trek50 to get 50% off. That's code TREK50 at factormeals.com slash TREK50 to get 50% off. Hi, Adam Pranica here for Podshop.biz, the easy way to dress, drink, and decorate virtually anything fast with embarrassment that lasts. Podshop.biz is not a cult, and it's not a multi-level marketing scheme. It's a supercharged carousel of crap spinning at a high rate of speed for all your dorky needs. Ordinary web stores are a mess, but with Podshop.biz, you'll find products from all of our shows referring to many of our most popular bits. Shirts, glasses, and bags from other websites can damage your mood, but not with Podshop.biz. Our nerdy, jokey bullshit will rebuild your damaged attitude and turn you into a person with riz. Turn your laptop from off the shelf to off the hook with a sticker. Make pool time cool time with our line of hilarious swimwear. And stop raw-dogging your smartphone. Strap it up with the choice of designs that'll have you go from saying hello to hello. But that's not all. At podshop.biz, you can choose from the Brenner Information Systems Collection, the Uxbridge Shimoda Corporate Collection, This Old Enterprise, Logos for Greatest Generation and Greatest Trek, and more. Order now at podshop.biz. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, there's a new ship. She's got the right name. She's got the right name. Now you remember that, you hear? Now you remember that, you hear? All right, Adam. Here's our, our next short track. We're already there. We're talking about Holiday Party. This one uh, written by Claire Friedman. These are all directed by Aaron Hawkins, by the way. Yeah. This is a, you know, office holiday party awkwardness, I guess, is the is the kind of environment that this one takes place in, except for it's not a holiday we celebrate. It's a, it's first contact day, and they're having a party for it on the entrepreneur. Hemmer is there, so that definitely puts us in a specific era of entrepreneur. Great, whatever. Someone give me a drink. And uh, we've got, like, you know, Una and Nurse Chapel and... Who are there as well. The drawing of the ship is distinct from episode one, too. It's very definitely uh, Pike's Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was neat. So uh, Hemmer gives a little toast, and he's like emceeing the event, and the, the first act of the evening is Spock, who takes the stage and uh, begins doing a blooper reel of stuff that has happened on the ship in the last year. One of the great tensions in this short, and really like tension and release is what comedy is all about, <laughs> is that because it's first contact day and first contact day involves the Vulcan race that Spock is, the crew has to give him a longer leash to do whatever it is that this is. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you think that? Like. His race is baked into the holiday itself. Right. So you've really got to be sure if you're going to criticize his choices here. Because, like, by not doing that, you're also giving Spock the confidence to keep going. Because, like, the heavy criticisms don't hit him until it's too late. I just thought that was a great choice to, like, sort of bake into the scene. Is like, it's not just that Spock is an authority figure and he has rank. It's that it's first contact day and his people are involved. I just thought that was awesome. Yeah. So, so I like when he does the finger flexions around blooper reel that uh, a bunch of uh, balloons pop up in front of him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He rolls the first clip and it's of Hemmer and a transporter chief beaming a guy aboard. And she is not confident, but Hemmer orders her to get it done. I don't want to talk about it. Get it done. And this guy beams aboard and he's a half bob. Yeah. Blooper. I love the detail of the half bob being beamed aboard, you know, floating over where their legs would be. <laughs> it's not just the half bob beamed onto the floor of the transporter pad. Like this half bob falls to the ground. <laughs> and you see the cartoon entrails. What? I can't find your fucking legs. I can't find your legs. 
Heber like raises his voice to the heavens to let Stovokor know a warrior is coming. The transporter chief is horrified. And we cut back like, you know, to Spock standing in front of the projector that this is playing on and trying to explain the joke. You know, he like much like the bisected man on the screen. Spock is trying to dissect the frog, trying to trying to explain why this is a good bit. Guy normally has legs. And in this instance, he does not. Therefore, you know, your expectations are subverted. Very funny. Uh, <clears throat> Spock. Mm. Uh, no. Hmm. I really like this for him. And I really like the logic of his comedy hangs together so well because, like, he actually is reading the audience. He recognizes that this isn't the direction he should go. And I love the instinct of him to turn it back on himself. Like, Maybe it's not appropriate to laugh about someone else. I'll offer myself up as that character. And so his second blooper is to pring dumping him <laughs> in such a brutal way. Maybe the most brutal part of this isn't even during the video. It's after the video when Spock describes it as one of the many times to pring has done this to him for multiple different people. And and hanging tear while doing it. <laughs> I love this. I love it so much. I am shattered by this. <laughs> this is such a high wire act as a comedy sketch, also because the game of the sketch is that the jokes aren't jokes and are not funny. Right. And only through being increasingly unfunny do they get funnier. Yeah, like. So much of comedy is the belief in the character you're portraying, the belief in their motivations, utterly. And there's never a moment here where Ethan Peck, Spock, does not believe in the correctness of these choices. Like, (laughs) he's so sincere. Yeah. And that just makes it funnier. This one even makes Nurse Chapel cry. (laughs) It's brutal. (laughs) So Spock sees this as maybe too small time. To be a blooper. So he goes big for the third. This next blooper is of the Klingon cleave ship tearing apart the Europa. And my favorite part of this moment is how long it goes on. (laughs) It goes on and on and on until like the big pieces explode into little pieces and those little pieces explode again. (laughs) And it's followed by an in memoriam reel. The thousands and thousands of souls that perished that day. Yeah. (laughs) Saru hangs his head in grief. And like it cuts back to the bar and like people are dropping their drinks. People are running out to go barf. Very upsetting for everyone there. This is like recent memory for a lot of them. Big, big blooper. It feels like this would be the very best blooper. It feels like at this point someone would have cut him off. Uh But no. (laughs) (laughs) the fourth blooper gets played and it's also like worth remembering that he's skipping over lots of bloopers because he's finding out that like the uh, premise of showing them doesn't work as he goes. So he skips like all the way to the end at this point for his fourth one. I want to look at the camera and address Casper Kelly directly. Mr. Kelly release the entire video here. (laughs) I want to see every blooper. (laughs) These are so fucking good. Yeah. The fourth blooper features 
an unnamed ensign with space diarrhea. Wouldn't you know it? He's running to the bathroom. This is an era of Starfleet ships that they're they're not beaming the poops out of you. No. This guy's filled to the brim, and he hits a freshly mopped corridor. You know what? It's TOS that they're not beaming the poops out of you, and TNG that they are. Mm -hmm. And crucially, they are non-permeable hard surfaces in TOS. Yeah. And carpeted floors in TNG. Like... Only when they got the technology of constantly beaming the waste out of people did they carpet the floors on the starships. I know. It's too bad. This guy suffers from a slip and fart. (laughs) (laughs) Big hit. Yeah. The ensign hurt his genitals and then farted, but did not die. Knees down, ass up, ripping booty. Funny. (laughs) It's perfect. Ensign hazmat. You know, gets the mop knocked out of his hand. Hey, Ichib! <laughs> I'm in a very short trek. <laughs> Where are you? Seems like maybe you pissed off the Star Trek industrial complex and don't get to be in things anymore. I wonder what that's about. No one wants to work with you. They'll work with me, but just in this one specific way. I keep it clean. Another Edit for comedy here at the end. This this live blooper that Spock threatens. Yeah. Cut straight into credits. Now you're all going to fart. Yeah. Big fun. Weird to see a mop on a starship, though. Hearing Spock say the word fart. <laughs> mm. Chef's kiss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are we supposed to believe that there are mops <laughs> on Federation starships? Have we not exceeded mop technology by then? This doesn't even look like the kind of mop that comes with a bucket that squeezes out the the fibers of the mop. Like, this is a very notably old-timey-looking mop. So what are you, you suggesting here? Do they replicate the mop, get the fibers saturated, Throw it away and replicate a new one? Is that what's going on here? Uh, yeah! It's me! Egypt's brother! (laughs) I know more about mopping than anyone! And no one consulted me! You want to ask an expert about space diarrhea? There is one person that can claim that mantle. (laughs) And he's related to Egypt! Get a life. Did you like this very short trek spin? I did like this very short treks. It's so grisly and dark. It's like, it sort of reminded me of like Itchy and Scratchy, where it's like, mm-hmm. how violent and over the top can it be? But I thought that the comedy really worked well. Nice to see Hammer, always a pleasure. I liked the the greeting card at the end with the the Idic and the Federation logo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Spock trying to ram a broom handle up Hammer's butt, I guess. No, that was a that was a ball shot. Oh yeah, I guess he's threatening. But, but but Hammer's running away, so he's presenting ass. Mm-hmm. Um how about you? Did you like This is my favorite one. And I think it's because the darker the comedy the more of a bullseye it is for me. Like, the worse it got, 
the funnier it became. Like when I go to horror movies in the movie theater, like I am frequently the one stifling a laugh because like that's what <laughs> shock does to me. Like shock makes me laugh. And I laughed my ass off at this episode. I think there's something about Ethan Peck's sincerity and his delivery here combined with the clear amount of post-production that he put in on these bloopers. Like the laugh tracks were edited in and the sad trombone was put in. The idea of Spock sitting alone with Adobe Premiere or something like it and like dropping those things in there to improve his bloopers was just a hilarious thought to me. Do not follow me. I thought it was just fantastic. I'm seeing that Claire Friedman, uh, who wrote this one, wrote for Saturday Night Live and uh, Thesis and Miro and and my next guest. Like She has some cool credits. God, with that kind of pedigree, yeah. this was sure to get me. Yeah. Really nice job on this one to all involved. Yeah. Yeah, big, big fan of Holiday Party. Well, I think that's a good place to stop, Ben. Maybe we should pick up the next three short treks on the next episode of Greatest Trek for now. What do you see if we got uh, any very short Priority One messages in the inbox? Yeah, or just regular size, you know, maybe. Or maybe extra large. (laughs) (laughs) Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Ben, our first Priority One message is from Past Ben. Also not Benjamin R. Harrison. It is to Future Ben, but not Benjamin R. Harrison. Okay, well, I I will uh, plug my ears and not listen to this one, I guess. Message goes like this. This is my annual birthday P1. Last year, I asked for a Rolaren appearance in New Trek. Which was miraculously granted in Picard. Oh, spoiler alert. Ben, but not me. So this year, I'm asking for a Miles O'Brien appearance. I am Chief Miles Edward O'Brien. This is fucking spectacular. Happy birthday to me, and thank you to Wendy for adding the drops. (laughs) Happy birthday, Ben. It's so weird that this has happened before, that a Ben has done a Priority One message around their birthday, and it's not you, also around your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Well, by, I guess by the time this comes out, it won't really be that close to my birthday anymore. But uh, No, but no. Yeah. You won't even think about being 40 at this point. No. I, uh, I really hope uh, Ben, but not Benjamin R. Harrison, gets his wish. Yeah, me too. Bring him back. Adam, our next Priority One message here is from Dan Reardon, and it's to Ben and Adam. And it goes like this. In the Voyager ep with the singing doc, it felt like a pregnant pause after you said, hit it and quit it. My brain imagined Ben following with, sing it and wing it, glee it and flee it, Mariah it and goodbye it, and I laughed. Roll air and drop. Can't wait to see you at the upcoming slash now past St. Louis show next week. Wow. <laughs> Two row Laren drops in one P1 session. And uh, and a little shout out to the Share Your Embarrassment Tour. Now all but over. Yeah. We only have one show left coming up in LA as of the release of this episode. I'll always think of that St. Louis show fondly. What is What a place. Yeah, that was great. 
great venue for us great crowd great arch <laughs> that arch was deluxe let me tell you great salad mm-hmm good barbecue i mean everything really had it all everything was was firing over there in st louis past people current people future people all kinds of people can write a priority one message for us to read you can do the same by going to maximumfund.org slash jumbotron do it today please okay adam i have a couple of questions for you all right did you find Edward Larkins in either of these episodes? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the Spock of Holiday Party. Nothing more Edward Larkin-y than just not reading the room. <laughs> and continuing to move forward in a bad plan. Yeah, yeah. I love that about this Spock. Also, like, just very in keeping with his character. Like, he approaches comedy in a very logical way all of his reasons for doing this have some logical grounding yeah this should work (laughs) he seems very surprised that it's not and so i i understood that about him uh for that reason he's my edward larkin what about you i think in holiday party i'm gonna give it to the two guys in the blooper that actually hits with the with the crowd Mm -hmm. i know that these guys are not meant to be representations of us, especially because if they were meant to be representations of us, the roles would be reversed. The red shirt guy would be the one with the diarrhea and the gold shirt guy would be the one with the mop. But the gold shirt guy looked a little bit like me with show hair and the red shirt guy looked a little bit like you when you've got your hair cut short. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it was a diarrhea, fart sound, piece of material... Helped me imagine that I was seeing a little bit of us in a Star Trek thing. And I enjoyed them for that. So they get my Edward Larkin for that very short trek. How about that? What a fantasy yeah. it would be. It'd be really cool. And uh, let's see. Well, for the skin of cat, I think I'll give it to Pete Holmes. Because uh, Pete Holmes is really, he's really Edward Larkening in a very serious way in this episode. Yeah, this is going to be difficult to do for all of these because uh, the the Larkins that we need are all around us. <laughs> Hard to do better than than Pete Holmes there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you on that one. All right. Well, this has been a really fun time. We will be back at you in a couple of weeks with more very short treks. We just have one last segment on today's episode, and that is the Warning Boys segment. Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Warning Boys. An emergency buoy. A warning buoy. Adam, do you want to share a bois with the people? Sure will, Ben. Why do we do these Warning Boys? You ever think about that? Oh, geez, that is an existential question that I think could occupy the philosophers for centuries, but... If I had to guess, it would it would be to sort of encourage people to put the word out there on social media about our shows, if you enjoy what we do, and uh, in so doing, attracting the right kind of people to, to listen to what we do and enjoy it in the future. Ben, here's a message from Allison M. This was posted on what was formerly known as Twitter. Their message goes like this. Please be advised that I was introduced to your pod, Amir, four months ago. And last night I flew into Austin from out of state 
and paid embarrassing F1 hotel rates to see you, and it was more than worth it. <laughs> Loved the live show, and count me in for the next tour. Hell yeah, Allison M. God, Allison, one of the many who came from out of town to see that Austin show on maybe the worst weekend to come to Austin from out of town. Lordy. <laughs> we... <laughs> We have never paid so much for hotel rooms. It was really intense. <laughs> yeah. Had a great show. Had a great time. Love Austin. Really, thanks to Allison for uh, for being a brand new FOD. Yeah, that rules. Coming out to a live show. One live show left, as you said, Ben, in Los Angeles, where there is no chance that the hotel rates are higher than they were <laughs> in Austin. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, like, LA hotels are expensive as fuck, but... Come on. Yeah, there's not going to be a Formula One race. Yeah. <laughs> not if our show. Positive. Yeah. Well, that was fun. I can't wait to come back in a couple of weeks to pick up the last three of these very short treks. Glad we're doing this. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Looking forward to the next episode of Greatest Trek. See you in a couple of weeks. Greatest Trek is an Uxbridge Shimoda podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. It's hosted by Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica, and it's produced and edited by Wendy Pretty. Ben and Adam will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the rest of the Very Short Treks episodes, which you can find on YouTube. And there are a lot of people to thank at the end of this show, especially all of the Max Fun members who support on a monthly basis. Members are the biggest part of how this podcast gets made, and we really appreciate everyone who's already joined. If you're not a member yet, signing up will get you instant access to lots of great bonus content, and it's easy to do at MaximumFun.org join. Thanks to Adam Ragusea, who composed all of the original music for this show. You can find his YouTube cooking channel and podcast by searching for Adam Ragusea. Thanks to Nick Dittmore for creating the show art, and a big thanks to Bill Tilly for managing all of the At Greatest Trek social media pages, which you can find and follow online. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the Greatest Trek YouTube account, because there are new videos coming out there all the time, too. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks on Greatest Trek. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.